Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. When I first went into business, I found out in a hurry that it was lonely at the top. If you're a CEO or business owner and you're feeling lonely at the top, then I'd like to invite you to join us at our Action Coach membership community. It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at billgilliland.actioncoach.com, book a session, and I'll give you all the details. Welcome to this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs, powered by Action Coach Growth Partners. I'm Bill Gilliland, and I'm here to help you make more money, build better teams, and find the time to do the things you went into business for in the first place. Hi, my name is Emily Richter. Uh, I am the owner and designer at EKR Interior Design. Uh, I've been an interior designer now for 22 years and have designed uh, all kinds of projects, hotels, office spaces, homes, remodels. Um, and I'm looking to see what might be next for my my company. Right now I'm a solo show and uh, kind of exploring possibilities. Well, that's cool. Welcome, Emily. Um, well, how'd you get into interior design in the first place? Is, is art or, or design something you've always had an interest in? Yeah, it really is. Um, from a very young age, I've always been interested in architecture. You know, Legos were one of my favorite things growing up. And yeah, we all like uh, Legos, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it really stuck with me. And uh, I was always uh, an artist growing up. Um, I thought that was going to be my career until I majored in, in college. I went to East Carolina University and was an art major for three years. And then they make you, you know, pick a, a specialty. And I really couldn't decide on anything. There was nothing that really grabbed me to the point that I saw myself, you know, doing it as a career. And I took an interior design class as an elective. And I really just fell in love with it. Um, it was, you know, an applied way to be creative. Um, and it had a lot of practical applications and really seemed like a good career path. So here I am. <laughs> well, that's cool. So what is your biggest challenge right now? I think right now, my biggest challenge is, you know, too many plates in the air. Um, I have a good amount of projects going on. And with doing all the project work myself, and then having to manage things like procurement and order tracking and, you know, day to day, financials and, you know, kind of easier menial tasks that someone else could could possibly do for me. Um, it just, you know, I feel like I've, I've kind of reached a point where uh, I'm a little saturated as far as like, you know, I can't take on anymore without having the quality of my work suffer and obviously don't want that to happen. So how much of your time Let's dig into this a little bit. So how much of your time are you actually doing what I would call design type work? The stuff that you were, that you actually, or, or do, is that what you like to do? Do you like to do the design or do you like to do the, the, the people contacts or both of those? Uh, 
I am by far more into the design. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I love my clients and I love meeting with them and things like that. But I, I mean, fortunately, I, I don't really have to spend a huge amount of face time with clients. You know, I kind of go out incrementally and we have meetings and design presentations. And then I'm able to take away a lot of information um, during our initial meetings as well um, and focus on project work. So design is really the bulk of what I do. Right. So about how much time are you spending on design versus spending time on what I would call admin or finance or other things that have to do with the business and not design? I would say maybe 50, 50 because the procurement ends up being a pretty large part of it, um, which is, you know, I select a bunch of items and materials and things like that for clients. And then I have to, um, you know, present them with a proposal and then place orders for all of that stuff. And, and just, you know, writing up the specifications and getting all the quantities and pricing and all that stuff correct is, is a pretty big part of the job. So yeah, I would say probably 50, 50. So if you could bring on someone else to do that work, mm-hmm. um, the procurement work, would that be, what would that look like? Would that be sort of an assistant or would it it'd be somebody who would eventually want to do design work or is it, is it a, is it a separate um, discipline unto itself? You know, it really can be a separate discipline. Um, There are, you know, I've worked in firms in the past um, where we had a person and that was their only job was to do procurement. Um, I use a a software, an online software called Ivy that is a project management procurement software. So really to have somebody really proficient in that and hopefully with some bookkeeping skills would be, I think, an ideal person for me to have because there's also, you know, tracking the everyday expenses and and things like that. Um, I do a lot of that through my accountant, but there's, there's a lot of smaller things that I think a a bookkeeper type procurement person could do. Yeah. It'd be more just tracking what, what was bought and how much it was, you know, how much it would cost. Right. Right. Yeah. Doing things like, you know, sales tax reports and stuff like that would be really helpful as well. Right. So what it's not really, you don't really need a bookkeeper because we could outsource that. Well, right. But what, what we do need is someone who could come in. So if, if you, if you brought somebody in with that about how much time, if you're spending 50% of your time or doing that, let's say it probably wouldn't be the full 50% because you got other business right. owner kind of activities. Would that be a, 25, 30% of the load off of you? Yeah, I think it would. Yeah. Okay. So if we said it was a 25% load off of you, that would give you 25% more design capabilities at this point without bringing on another designer, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, and I'm assuming, so, so here's the deal. What we, what we find is that you know, at your highest and best use, you can generally bill at a higher rate than someone that would be, I wouldn't call this, I would call this an, uh, you know, an executive administrative assistant, or, mm-hmm. or it could be, you could be a, you know, you could just call it purchasing or procurement yeah. or, or, or procurement uh, executive or something like that. But the, the amount you could bill per hour 
would far exceed what they could build, even if you had, even if we had to start them part time. Sure. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's kind of a matter of just doing the math mm-hmm. uh, to figure out about what, um, I mean, you're doing high level, big time um, design, which uh, commands a, 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 a nice, a nice rate right. or it should, or it should command a nice rate. We, that may be another area we can talk about, but, um, but you could hire someone, uh, full-time or even, or even part-time, uh, to get started, to take some of that load off of you and allow you to take on another client or two. And, uh, that would be, that would be the first steps to, I would see in being able to, to do more with what you've already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it would for, what we find is that bringing on an assistant most of the time is the best is the best use of, of where you are in your business is the, is the most efficient use to get more out of where you are now, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I mean, I don't, I mean, if you bill it, I don't know what, I don't know what your rate is, but if you bill it $200 an hour, you can hire someone to do that, that sort of stuff for 20 or $30 an hour. So, sure. you know, you get, you get sort of a 10 to one return on your money right away just just by uh just by being able to uh to to build more hours now it still brings up another point which is there's only so much of you and you're you know i mean you've got the you've got the eye of the talent what are your what are your thoughts bigger picture like where do you want to take the company um that's a that's a really good question um you know i think one of the things that i've really loved about um working for myself is has just been the freedom. Uh, I love to travel. Um, I love to, you know, enjoy the gorgeous outside <laughs> around Asheville and stuff. And it's, it's really nice to have that flexibility and, and not really have to answer to anyone. And so far I've, I've had a really good balance. Um, I feel, you know, work-life balance. There's definitely been times where I've felt um, overloaded Um, so I think in the long run, you know, I, I don't see myself managing a huge amount of people. Um, I really want to keep it simple. I think that's kind of my, uh, life goal (laughs) and, and, you know, business. Uh, I do have other aspirations. I have an Airbnb and I'm, uh, looking at doing another one, um, so there's kind of other things that I'm kind of trying to create some other like passive income as well to kind of maintain that balance. And, you know, I do, I think that having an assistant would really be helpful. Um, it would be amazing if that person could be virtual because right now I'm, I'm based out of my home and that's kind of been my other business mantra is really keeping uh, overhead extremely low so that I can, um, you know, focus on my work and not focus on having to pay for a whole lot of things. Well, no, I think it's awesome. And you, and you, you've opened up a lot of avenues. Uh, we could go down, um, there with the, so, so what I'm hearing is that you really want to keep it boutique, right? You know, that you're the, you know, your, you and your art or the, or, or really what people are, are buying, they're buying your expertise and your eye and your, ability to design. So, you know, when we look at, when we look at business, there's sort of, there's, there's sort of three, 
things that have to be taken care of in a in a business like yours. You've got to have the design or the or the or the artist that that's that's part of the deal. But we also need the what I would call the entrepreneur or the person who who um you know sort of the idea person. And and that could be you as well. But mm-hmm. you know, at some point, and then there's usually what I call a production person, like someone who's got to, you know, get the stuff done. They're usually not necessarily the design person, or not necessarily an um, an entrepreneur, or a or an, what I call an instigator. But they're a producer. I mean, they cool. just knock it out. And so, I think the first step for you is this is this producer person or this this assistant, right? So, um, have you thought about like what kind of person that would need to be? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, we have Western Carolina University that's not too far away and they have an interior design program. Um, you know, but I think when I think of like an ideal person, it would be somebody a little more mature who's had some experience in procurement of some sort. Um, I mean, I think maybe somebody with a bookkeeping background would be good because it is, you know, handling a lot of financial type stuff um, and the numbers and things really need to be accurate. Um, Customer service type uh, experience would be good as well. So, yeah. And I have actually hired temporarily. I hired a procurement person a few years ago when I had a really huge project going on and just couldn't handle it all. Um, but she moved on to something else. So yeah, I mean, somebody who's got some time on their hands and and wants to do something that's interesting and and fun. I think it is a good introduction to design and they would learn a lot about sources and, um, products and things like that. So, um, somebody with an interest in the business would be good as well. Yeah. So I have a process that might be useful for you. And it's a, it's a simple one. Uh, essentially you get out a blank piece of paper and you divide it into three columns. Mm-hmm. And the first column is attitudes. The second column is skills. And the third column is what I call other characteristics. So what we found over time is if somebody works out, usually it's because they have a decent attitude. And if they don't work out, usually it's because they have a crummy attitude. Right. <laughs> I mean, people, they may have the skill, but if you can't get along with them and they don't work out, then you have to, you know, you, unfortunately we have to part ways. It's not a good fit anymore. Right. So I like to start with the attitudes and that's, you know, and, and I, I tell people don't, you know, when, so what you do is you get that piece of paper and you just write out everything that, um, you know, and don't worry about which column it's in. So the skills, you know, you want somebody who probably understand, I mean, you know, for example, they're likely going to use Excel spreadsheets and they could they need, they need to be able to learn your software. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to have an aptitude for that. That might be skills. The other characteristics are the stuff that I see in a lot of ads and they're boring. They're like, you know, three years of experience or this, that, and the other, they, you know, um, college degree, that sort of thing. A lot of that stuff, if you get the attitudes and the skills right, you, you may it may may want it, but then then uh, that's the thing. So so that's the first thing I would I would get you to do is to make that list, and that gives you the who you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, it, and well, there's a second step to it, and I'll just share this with everybody. What you do is you just 
um, you once you have that list, and you'll you should have twenty or thirty items on that list. You know, maybe eight or ten in every column. Okay. And or uh, you may have more in the attitudes, and you know, attitudes are things like hardworking and you know a lot of a lot of behaviors fall right. fall in there as well. And uh, but then you then then what you do is you write down uh, what are the must haves. So what's a what's non negotiable? They must have knowledge or they must have three years of experience or whatever it is. And then what are the would be nices? So it would be nice to have someone who had bookkeeping experience, but maybe they're an Excel genius, but they don't really understand bookkeeping. That might be all right because mm-hmm. they may be good with numbers, but they've just never had any accounting. That, that's, that's okay. Yeah. They can, we can, you know, they may, it may be okay if everything else is a, you know, if you get 80% there, the thing you have to be careful about with this sheet is they, at some point they start looking like a deity <laughs> and, you know, and you, you have to say, well, hang on there. You know, we need a real person here. I've created a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sort of like what happens with the creators, right? Some people are, you know, I, I know back when we, you know, a lot of website people, a lot of them would, would drift one way or the other. They'd be good at the technical stuff or good at the, the design stuff, but maybe not both. And so um, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, hire for those deficiencies. But I think that was, I think that's the the first step. And then of course you need to, the, the job description is really what, what do you want them to do? Mm-hmm. Most of what we see in ads is for, for people are, you know, what we want them to do. It's the job description, not who we want. So mm-hmm. uh, we need to market for people in this thing, but you know, I, I can't imagine that there wouldn't be somebody great who would want to come and hang out with you. And, and, and I don't know why it can't be virtual. I mean, even if it's, um, you know, I hired Beth who works for me in the middle of COVID. I mean, we've, we've been virtual since day one, really, since she, since she came on board. I mean, we get together every once in a while cause she's local, but, <laughs> but it's, but it's still, uh, it's still a virtual situation. So that actually makes it a lot easier to find somebody like what you're looking for. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, I've done some other things as well to um, outsource some stuff. I I changed software, drafting software recently to a program that I can literally scan an interior of an existing space with my phone and then send it to this company and they create a base model for me to work off of. So that's cool. That's been a real lifesaver. You know, I used to spend a day, you know, out there measuring a project and then having to input all of it into AutoCAD, which is a 2D design program. So that's, that's been a really nice upgrade and um, made me able to turn around things a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, I th- you know, I think where we are in the business right now, the idea would be, you know, how can we outsource as much as possible? How can we bring on the, 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 the help that we need to do the things that you don't, either don't love to do or don't make sense for you to do and allow you to focus on what, what you're good, you know, the things, your, your strengths. And then, you know, that's going to allow you to make more money, which is going to allow you to make another investment and start building the the passive income and the wealth Mm -hmm. um, that you want. So a lot of people, I mean, this is really good because the, the business should be the, the vehicle to give you more life, not the other way around. It shouldn't be sucking the, the life out of you. 
So right. I'm not hearing that. I'm just hearing you're busy. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm very yeah, fortunate yeah. in that I, I truly love what I do. And and I I mean, I there's not a day that I don't get up and feel motivated to go to work and, and do what I do. I really love it. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that I could streamline some things. Well, I mean, you spend a little bit of time every week figuring out how to do something a tad better or quicker right. or something that might make a difference in your business. And I think, you know, and you've already started down that path of, of, of asking the right question, like, how can I do this? Or I'm at a place now that things are pretty good. Let's, let's figure out how to, how to maximize what we have and create this nice boutique uh, mm -hmm. design firm that can be whatever. And, you know, that may change too. I mean, you may, at some point you may decide, well, okay, I'm going to take on a, not, I don't, you know, I may take on a protege, you know, that may, you know, allow us to do more there. So, but that's up to you. I mean, you, you have to decide what your vision for your business is. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's another component that I've, I've kind of been playing around with the idea of uh, an art and accessories uh, assistant, because that is another component of the design that I I do now myself, but, um, you know, staging for photo shoots, things like that. Um, it really takes a lot of bandwidth and a lot of focus to do those final, you know, little touches and stuff. And if I could find somebody who had an eye for that, um, or at least, uh, able to follow good instructions, <laughs> um, that would be another person. And possibly it could be the same person, um, that does the procurement, uh, you know, if it was a person that had an aptitude for design. Yeah, I would, we, we've, I would caution against finding that unicorn. I mean, I think, right. I, I think I would find people, I mean, it's really, I'm not saying there's no one out there that has that because I mean, you're kind of doing it now and you're doing it all. Right. But, but just because you can do it all doesn't mean most people, most people are going to have a strength and you want to focus in on their strength and let them, even if you, even if it's a whole bunch of part-time people. Or, sure. you know, the marketing industry is great at this. Okay. So, um, anyway, so let's just, let's just sum it up. So what I want you to do is I want you to get your sheet of paper out and figure out who you want, do your attitude, skills, and characteristics, figure mm -hmm. out what you want them to do, which is your job description. And, and then you'll have a good idea of who we need to attract to come in and help you. And then if you want to hire another person this part time and just begin to outsource this and, become more and more profitable. And, and, and at, of course, the more design you do, then the more you're going to be able to charge and yeah. uh, you're going to be able to raise your rates and make more money. So, um, Hey, look, this has been great. Thanks for being on. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Sounds great to me. I, I think it's, I've got my homework. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being on. And until next time. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs. Here's four things you can do. First, you can listen every week on Biz Radio, Mondays at 1. Second, you can subscribe to the podcast. Hey, you get it. The more subscribers we have, the more cool things we can offer you. Three, you can also go out and give us a five-star rating everywhere. And number four, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build an Epic Business, just go to giftfrombill.com. It's your roadmap to building your epic business. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.